0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference.
0: Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. When it comes to literacy, the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous children is wide. Only 35% of Indigenous Year 5 children in very remote Northern Territory meet the minimum standards for reading and writing. But if you go to the cities, the major cities, non-Indigenous students, uh, about 90% can read and write well. Now think about that for a minute and think about the difference it makes in your life to be able to read and write properly throughout your life from childhood into adulthood. The Indigenous Literacy Foundation ambassador, musician and dad, Josh Pike, is with us to talk about how we can help to close this particular gap. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Do we know why this disparity, particularly with reading and writing, exists in this way between Indigenous and non-Indigenous kids?
1: Uh, there are there are many, many reasons. Um. You know one of them is resources, having access to resources, books and 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 reading material uh, in remote communities. But you know the the major one that I've noticed and it's it's super reasonable is that uh, often in these remote communities kids you know English is some of these kids' third or fourth language, so they're not actually speaking English at home. Um, so when they're they go into school. You know, schools are traditionally taught in English. So it's kind of it's like you know, my my younger son started school this year. It would be like sending him into, into school and asking him to pick up a book and start reading in French or Italian or something like that. Um, so it's it's very difficult in that regard, and um, you know that's why the ILF, the Indigenous Literacy Foundation. Uh, is so great because their their whole agenda is just to get those resources into the schools get get those resources in, into the communities and encourage literacy
0: and when you talk about literacy, I know that um, Alison Lester's involved with the Indigenous Literacy Foundation writing books with children in community i 'm not sure if you can answer this question, but the the resources that are getting out to these communities are they ever written in language because it 's still mm, yeah the they English are English alphabet.
1: No, they certainly are. So that's the one of the other fantastic things about the ILF is that they they do what's called their their community um, literacy projects, and they they go into communities with um, uh, illustrators and writers, uh, and and I've been there a few times as well, and done literacy workshops through song, and they work with the kids and also the elders to write books, and then a lot of those books have been translated into into language. So the ILF has, I think they've released 80 books now into communities that have been actually written by the kids uh, and, and elders, you know, both the stories, some involving myth and folklore from indigenous culture, sometimes about parenting and health issues written by the elders. Uh, and they've been translated into 15 languages so far. Uh, and then this year, the ILF's launching uh, nine new books in Creole. So, they yeah, they certainly... Work with literacy in regards to um, you know language as well as English language
0: and respecting their language. That sounds like uh, they must need incredible resources.
1: To yeah, do that. they do. And you know, so it's a they're, they're a independent organisation. Um, you know, I think there's about five people working there. It's not a it's not a huge organisation, and they do they have such a a gigantic task at hand. So. You know, any help is great, and you can help out by uh, having a great book swap, which is what the the guys run, where you uh, you can be in your book group or at your school or in, in your community group, uh, and you just have a, a fun night where you swap books and you know donate gold coins or whatever you've got, uh, and donate that to the ILF. or you can just straight up go to the website, um, which is ilf Indigenous Literacy Foundation org and donate. You know, that's the easiest way to do it.
0: And I'm assuming, uh, as a parent of children who have way more books than they need I'm assuming that monetary donation is better than do they take books
1: well that's a that's a great question they they don't take books because the thing about it is that they're wanting to uh gift but you know the main part of their program is gifting new and culturally appropriate books so it's not just about sort of sending in whatever books you've got at hand it's about sending in books that are culturally appropriate uh, appropriate uh and and new books so it's you know some of the books they um, do, they have a book buzz program, which is all about encouraging kids under five to start reading and sort of, you know, make that sitting around and reading with your family part of part of the, you know, the culture or the, the family culture out there. So they send out books like Hungry Caterpillar and stuff, but often they've translated them as well. So it's it's not just a simple matter of sending books out. Um, that's a, a lovely thought, but it's, it's more about um, getting the resources to the ILF and letting them do what they do best.
0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Josh Pike, who is an ambassador for Indigenous Literacy Day, which is today, and we're talking about all that the foundation does and we are just speaking about how important it is that the books that go to the kids are culturally appropriate, possibly in language, but definitely something that they see reflecting their own lives. Otherwise, why would they connect with them, I guess? What's it been like for you as a dad being involved in this where – you're much like me. Your kids live in, um, we could say, middle class lifestyle where resources are readily available, where they have a lot of support for reading and writing. Mm. Uh, what's it like for you seeing what these kids experience? It's
1: yeah, it's a real eye opener. It's 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 amazing. I've been out to a, a couple of communities. Um, the one that really stands out was the Tiwi Islands. I was out there last year, um, and I ran a, a literacy workshop uh, by singing, you know, singing and and trying to write songs together. Uh, and the kids are, I mean, it's just amazing out there. The community is so tight knit and the families are so tight knit. Um, but obviously seeing the, the resources that they have available to them, you know, it's, it's a stark contrast to, to, as you say, you know, middle-class white Australia. Um, and you know, the flip side is it's been an incredibly important cultural kind of, uh, education for me and my family. I go and get involved in, in the ILF and then come back and tell my kids all about, Indigenous culture, and they're fascinated and super respectful and super engaged with um, Indigenous culture. And the ILF, um, you know, releases all these books that they do in community. So there's, you know, books like um, No Way Yeraka which is about a, a crocodile, uh, which was done in, in collaboration with Alison Lester. And there's a new book coming out called um, Molly the Pig, which is going to be av- which is going to be launched on ILD, and it's it's available in, in bookstores in normal bookstores. So it's not just uh, it's a two it's a it's a two way conversation, uh, and you know when I was a kid we didn't learn much about Indigenous culture at all. My kids are f- absolutely fascinated and and as I say deeply in awe and respectful of of Aboriginal culture. So I think that's a really important kind of thing to um, you know message to get across is that it's a it's a two way street.
0: And children love that. I know my kids definitely having it introduced even in early learning when the Indigenous. If there's an Indigenous teacher at the childcare centre or just having books, they're fascinated. Why wouldn't they be? Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: So much that we didn't learn. So with this campaign this year, you've you mentioned that of course you've gone out to communities and done workshops with kids, but you've also got a song that you wrote with Justine Clark mm. that is especially for this day. Tell me, I know it's not new, but tell me how it came about.
1: So uh, when I, when I, I've been involved with the ILF for eleven years now, and and for a long time, uh, we were talking about you know trying to get a song together that would kind of represent the values of the ILF, um, sort of like an unofficial theme song, I guess. And it was only when Justine Clark came on board as an ambassador, which was about four years ago or so, um, that we sort of realized that, you know, there was a crossover between, you know, kids and music and literacy, obviously. I mean, it seems so obvious now, but we decided to write a song together to reflect, um, you know, what the ILF was trying to do, which was essentially pointing out how important words are. So, yeah, so Justine and I went out to the uh, Goara College at St. Andrews, which is an indigenous um, school. And we worked with the kids to uh, you know across a couple of different grade levels to workshop a song um, also with Deb Chatham who's an indigenous opera singer and, and businesswoman uh, and and teacher. and we went out there and ran this workshop to try and get the kids opinions on what why words were important. and so then I kind of took it all and, and, uh, and turned it into a song and produced it up and then actually went back to the school and recorded them singing the chorus at the end. and it's just been a really positive experience. Um, you know, we sing it every year at Indigenous Literacy Day now, but kids are learning it in schools. A bunch of the schools that have come along to Indigenous Literacy Day at the Opera House uh, and just a bunch of teachers that are enthusiastic about the cause have taught their kids the, the songs um, at school. And so it's it's something that's just building in a really lovely, organic way, and you can, you can go and buy it um, on iTunes and all the money goes to the ILF.
0: Brilliant. Well, let's have a little taster of the song so people can... Get a feel for it. Bell is a letter, love is a word, paint a picture of the
1: world, and the world is a planet, and we're all hanging out in space. Words can solve the puzzle of this complicated place. So how do you spell
0: love? Oh, I'm How do you spotlight? feel afraid to sing alone just? <laughs> You know the words. I do, yeah. (laughs) Um, What a great song and a fantastic cause. So um, we'll put links up on our website if people want to get involved. Great. Josh, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. That was Josh Pike. He's a musician and Indigenous Literacy Foundation ambassador. And if you'd like to find out more about how you can help, we'll put a link on our website. Just search for josh at kindling.com.au. been listening to kindling conversation if you enjoyed it there's plenty more where that came from find other stories and interviews at our website just head to kindling.com.au